Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, all, all I can see is your forehead, but also you look absolutely thrilled about life today. <laughs> I'm so tired. I I am so tired. My kids were <sighs> horrible. Well, they were horrible this morning, but then on top of them just being complete monsters, I had I watched two uh, first graders for the morning because there was a uh, um. A uh, they had a, the first grade had a field trip, so I watched a couple of those kids in the first grade, and then at the end of the day, I watched a couple third graders that were having issues. I am spent, but I am proud of myself because I really like had every. I was like, no, you know what? I'm more. I'm getting food. I'm like, I'm not making dinner. And then I was like, no, Leanne, you have to be better. Stop buying food all the time. So I am gonna make hamburgers with this burger I found on sale. And bacon. We're having bacon cheeseburgers too. Are you really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, found you... some burger at Yeah, your Meyer. sister's frying the bacon right now. And I know we had talked about having burgers because of all the ketchup and mustard she brought back from camping. That is funny. And um, there's tater tots in the freezer. So we're having burgers and tater tots. Nice. But also, let me just tell you. Well, one, I yeah, that sounds like you had a tiring day. I also had a tiring day. And my head hurts. And... I probably, getting the drink that I got to drink is not the best for my head. But anyway, first, before I jump into my story, this is Booze and Ghouls. Episode 9 already, can you believe it? I can't. I'm Alana. I'm Leanne. And what are you drinking today, Leanne? Um, I'm going to show you how my day is going. What is, is that? Oh my that gosh, is... it's a little carton of wine! I found it in the refrigerator in the, in the, in the garage. And guess what? I'm drinking it out of the bottle. Do it do it i've had it i had a glass the other night actually believe it or not because i was like i need to chill the fuck out right so i had a glass of wine uh this is three glasses in that carton that's, that's amazing what it says. <laughs> i know isn't that so funny it's not bad i mean like it's not bad wine no um, i mean the boxed wine was yeah. never really that bad either i think mm-hmm. people just like look down on it because mm-hmm. it's cheap or whatever but like it's yeah it's the same yeah it's not bad what are you drinking well, I'm glad you asked because Ooh. I stopped. So I had to go to, like, I'm a sub. I don't know if we've talked about that, but I'm I'm a substitute clerical for the schools. So I was already at my job that I've been working at. Did someone just knock on the door? No, it was like fireworks, like firecrackers. What That's, oh my God. Someone did that this past weekend too when the dogs were going nuts. And I'm like, why the fuck is someone doing fireworks? There's It's not a holiday. Don't anyway, so I had to leave. Every day is a holiday when you have freedom in America, apparently. <laughs> <sighs> oh, you got jokes. Um, So I had to leave where I normally work and go to back to the preschool that I've worked at before to cover for the secretary who was not there. So I actually worked a little later today and I was busier today. I had a headache off and on all day. But anyway, 
On my way home, I stopped at McDonald's and I got a strawberry banana smoothie. And so then when good. I got home, I poured some of that whipped cream vodka into it. That is a good idea. That is a really good idea. I like good. that. Well, I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned about the headache. I think that's part of the reason why I'm so tired and have a headache, too, is because, you know, those, like, mini little thingies that have the, you can flip them. They're, like, little mini lava lamps for desks or I whatever. So. Paperweights. You know, they just got the water with the bubbles. It's, like, oil and water in there, and they bubble up, and then you can turn them, and they bubble. Yeah, I mean, I, I in you know theory, what I know about. what you're talking about, yeah. but I don't know that I've seen one in So I had before. one in my fidget thing. And my one girl keeps it on her desk all the time. Like, it's hers. I think I told her she could have it. Like, she always keeps it on her desk. And it's like she doesn't fuck with it. Like, she, unless she needs to, you know, like, it's a fine. It's, but uh, one of the first graders that was in my room today was, like, messing with it. And he wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, he just had it at his desk. What it's there for, a fidget, you know. And he dropped it and it broke open. Oh, no. And let me just tell you, first off, I thought she was going to kill him. It's a good thing it was a first grader because she didn't. And then I was said, it's not a big deal. Like, I can order one on Amazon. I'll be here tomorrow. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And then, of course, I have to hear, oh, you're going to buy her something on Amazon. You never buy us anything on Amazon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, so she, uh, so whatever the substance is, I thought it was oil and water. It is not. Whatever it is, it smelled like chemical. It made the entire class smell like uh, just this, like, chemical, almost close to, like, gasoline. Ooh. Yeah, so I like had to try to clean up the floor. And you know, everything. What? I sort of low key like the smell of gasoline. Oh yeah, me too. But like, it was just like a lot, and it was like right yeah, no, that goes. sounds. But oh, terrible. I do too. I don't mind the smell. Also, then also I will tar. say, oh, a good tar. You know, I mean, come on, rubber cement. <laughs> I could sit and sniff rubber cement just all day, or until I pass out. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say until you get high. Until, yeah, until I get high and die. I mean, either one. Um, but I will say, I, you'll think this is cute. The one that she picked to get, it should be here like in a day or so. It was like the cheapest one, but it's blue and it, it has little miniature penguins in it. And it looks like they're floating on the water. That's so cute. I was like, oh, that's a cute one. That's, that's Everyone's nice. going to be jealous of it now. Oh, they are. I'm sure I'll hear all about it. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear everybody bitching about it. That's what we do. All I can think of right now is that I didn't put enough vodka in my smoothie. But I'm too lazy to go downstairs and put more in. Um, here's the thing. I got this smoothie at McDonald's and I was like, I'm fucking starving. And I know we got to record the podcast before I can eat dinner. So I'm going to get a snack. And in my head, I was like, a snack means a small fry. But I saw that they have, they brought back that cheese Danish thing. Oh, yeah. So I got one of those and I ate it on the way home. How is it? It is, it was okay. I was kind of disappointed. When I, when I do, when I think of a cheese Danish, I like the Danish that's a little more, um, flaky, like the one from Starbucks. Have you had the oh, one yeah. from Starbucks oh, yeah. That one's hella good. Oh, yeah. This one was, like, just super sweet, and, um, it was, like, square, first of all. And it wasn't, like, regular Danish. It didn't feel like a Danish. I would even take, I'm not even gonna lie to you, I would even take... <laughs> One of those like plastic wrapped honey bun one cheese. Those Danishes are not bad, dude. Or uh, well, I I guess you know to me I have no use for a cheese Danish. I, I I hate to say it. I love a cheese Danish. No, I have no use. I mean, now you want to talk about something that's fucking delicious? Are those? I don't know the brand. I think they're Hostess, but don't quote me on it. There are those little coffee crumb cakes. Oh yeah, those are good too. I like. Those I a could lot. eat a thousand of those. I think maybe not. Maybe three or four. But <laughs> but if you're like if you're so bringing good. me 
if you're bringing me to some kind of like uh corporate orientation thing and you've got wrap pastries on a table i'm always uh-huh. going for the cheese danish you're going That's, for the cheese danish yeah I, i'm not I'm always going I, for the cheese danish. i'm going for top top pick i'm going for a blueberry muffin and then if they don't have a blueberry muffin i'm going for the coffee now my thing is this i'm with the coffee things there's a couple things that i'm like this with i mean it's funny i feel like the size of me i'd be more of these things but <laughs> i the, i'm this way with the mint truffle hershey kisses that come out at christmas those are the so green good. ones and I'm like this with those coffee cakes. I can't just eat one. Like, I will eat every single one that is in front of me. So I have to, like, it's better that I don't even start. Because <laughs> it's like, because we used to get them last year at, like, once a month, we would have, like, a birthday celebration. At, I know another like, thing everyone. that you're like that with. What? Biscoff. Oh, God, I can't. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the Biscoff. I can't get enough of those. My sister had to hide them on me. <laughs> I know. Because I will eat, the I, like, the ones I bought at Costco is, like, four packs. I could eat all the four packs in one day. I don't know why. Like, I just That's stop. so funny. And that's the way I am with those damn uh, coffee little crumb cakes. Jesse that I work with, she would, like, go downstairs, and there would be leftovers. And so she would bring me, like, a handful of them. And I'm like, why do you do this? Because I got to eat every single one. The kids are like, can I get a bite? I'm like, <laughs> listen at them, trying to keep them away. You turn into Gollum. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, don't talk, don't talk. My Everything precious. else I share. Everything else I share. I even broke down and shared the brownies. But I'm like, I was. Not I'm not gonna lie. Cakes. I was a little bit mad when you told me you shared the brownies. I wasn't going to. That's the funny part. Is I when I was eating the one in the parking lot, I was like, I'm not taking these to school. Fuck them. I'm not taking. Because I gave to you. Because I gave you like a good amount. Because I was like, I want. I don't. One, I don't want to eat the whole pan myself because I know I'm not going to be able Which to. Which I would have. Um, I probably, I probably could have eaten the whole pan myself because I do. I, I love those brownies. They're the well, and I don't even know if this is inappropriate, but I got this from Texas, so if it's wrong, I'm sorry. But we call them Mexican brownies because we add yeah, no, it is. And that's, that's a thing. Yeah, okay. I, thing. Didn't, I don't think that's I offensive. Know. I didn't know that was like, like the... a, you know cultural appropriation or whatever. No. But it is. We call them Mexican no. brownies, and yeah, they're, they're so good. good. And well, they were amazing. I could eat a lot of them. Also, you could take this out of the podcast if you want. But it was so funny because after I let the kids have them, after I swore I wouldn't, um, they were, of course, all in love, wanting to know the recipe. And then one of the kids comes up to me and goes, this little, uh, well, there wasn't anything funny in this brownie. I'm feeling a little weird. <laughs> and I had this moment, like just this quick moment where I was like, holy shit, these are weed brownies. And a lot of it was just like, you know, like just like going to tell me or forgot to text me or something. <laughs> And so then after, like, I had that moment of just pure panic, and then um, and then you texted me, and you were like, oh, I'm glad they like them. And then I was like, okay, they're not weed brownies. I don't know how to make a fucking weed brownie. You gotta, like, you gotta, you like, gotta make toast the, butter. the weed and make it into yeah. butter. I'm not doing yeah. all that shit. You know, you know me. Yeah. yeah, but I was dying. It's like, he was like, man, these, these are, these, are you sure there's nothing in these? I feel a little weird. And then it, I had that moment of, like, I was like, yeah, oh, there's I'm cinnamon fire and today. cayenne in there. Are you allergic? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But no, they loved them. They couldn't get enough of them. They loved. And it's just funny because it, it it's just a package mix. That's of what I told them too. And you just add the cinnamon and cayenne, and it makes them so much better. Yeah, I told them the measurements. I wrote it down for the one girl. She said she's gonna try to make them at home. And I so. just I I always eyeball it, so I don't know if that's correct. But well, you're like, making I dreams come true over in uh, <laughs> over in room two twenty one. Let me just tell you that. Do you remember speaking of spicy chocolate? Do you remember that Mayan chocolate ice cream? That's exactly from what I was telling the kids about. Yes, oh, right. the brownie. So I was good. like, okay, I was like, we used to have this ice cream we could get, and they don't make it anymore. It's called Mayan chocolate. Yeah, delicious. That was Absolutely so good. Delicious. I miss that. Me 
Hey, if anyone at Hagen listens to our podcast, listen, please bring the Mayan chocolate back. Please, I will do any. I will do close to anything to get that Mayan chocolate back in my grubby little fingers. I will. <laughs> Your grubby little fingers. My grubby little fingers. Well, this has been uh, food talk <laughs> with Leanne and Alana. Yeah, I like food. I yeah, like we food. like our food. Um. Also, speaking of scary things, the that hurricane. <gasps> oh my gosh i'm so glad your mom's have you heard from your dad so my dad's fine my mom is still is. He's still without power i know right this one well i texted her earlier today and um and i was asking and she said she was without power i was hoping she'd have it back by now well she said it came on for like 30 seconds and then went back off and then uh. she said they um i guess she went outside or something and one of her neighbors saw the tico truck at the front of the complex working on it so hopefully cool. it'll be back on soon but like i was looking at some pictures today and some footage one something that made me really happy was footage of people rescuing animals oh, during the hurricane. oh my god like this guy got this cat from the top of uh it was like sitting on top of an air conditioner oh. thing and the waters were high so this cat was like this you know and he didn't know where to go and the guy rescued him and it was just so cute and then there was another one one I want to say I want to believe with all my heart that this was an accident. People didn't mean to leave their dog and their cat on a boat, but they were on a fucking boat, this dog and this cat. And so this guy went out and got them and like brought them back. And like, you only saw the dog because it said that he went back and got the cat too, but it, the, the video was only of a dog. And this dog was so happy when he got back on land and he was like wagging his tail and it was oh. so cute. And I was like, People who rescue animals during hurricanes are probably the best people in the world. Oh my gosh. I but just, then I also can't. I was like, so much damage. This was oh, like horrible. insane. There was a tornado that um, touched down in one of the cities and I saw some of that. It like leveled a bunch of homes. And Did you see Fort Myers? Just the water surge. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like underwater pretty much. The bridge to Sanibel Island, like, parts of the bridge collapsed, so anyone who didn't evacuate was trapped on the island right oh, now because no. there's no way off. And no one could get over there to, no like, help them? Or... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's bad. Crazy. It's really bad. That's why, like, <sighs> I don't know. It's crazy. I just, I... if they tell you to evacuate, just evacuate. I mean, I know I know it's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. I'm well, not, like, and the thing is, too, that, is, like, but... As someone who grew up in Florida, you know the, what it's like. It's like until the last minute when it hits, you don't know if it's yeah, going to be a direct hit exactly, to you or not. Exactly, you don't know. Because they were predicting it was going to directly hit Tampa, so the Fort yep. Myers people weren't thinking that they needed to evacuate yep. until like several hours beforehand, and then it's like, well, where do you late? go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost too late by then, so it's just, yeah. it, it sucks. But yeah. So, our, um, uh, as far as I know, all my family and friends that live in Florida Good. are okay, and I'm thankful Same. for that. It's so weird because I feel like I feel like it's smell o vision because I can smell <laughs> bacon. <laughs> That's amazing. I know you're making bacon, but I can smell bacon because your sister's making bacon downstairs. That is so funny. Um, I love it. But anyway, uh, do you have anything else you want to discuss or should I jump right into my story? Hop right on in, girl. All right. So, oh, our theme for this week is the Midwest. Did you remember that? Yes, which I did... <laughs> I, I took some liberties, okay? But it's okay. a good story, but I took some liberties. Well, remember, because I gave you several options. You'll see why. This is like... I mean, I've... Midwest is best, okay? Let me just say that right now. <laughs> Midwest is best. I like to think the Ohio can be part of Midwest. 
Yeah, it's that's um, my story but, takes you know, place in Ohio. That's oh my I gosh, was. I can't wait. Mine does not, but Ohio okay. for life. Here's the thing. I feel like I'm about to blow your mind here. I look forward to it. I need my mind blown. Um, all right, here we go. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> this is super <gasps> local. Oh wait, sorry to interrupt you. Okay, but uh, I did want to mention that Coolio died. Yes, I saw that. It's so know, sad. So sad. And then, of course, my kids were like, "We know who that is," and I was like, "What's his famous song?" And they're like, "Well, da da da," and I'm like, "Yeah, you don't know shit." <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really didn't say that. Well, it's funny because I like know who Coolio is, but only because of Gangsta's Paradise. Like, it's I don't know any of his other song. songs. They mentioned some of them in the article I read about him so dying, good. and I'm like, I don't know any of these songs. <laughs> no, I just want to, jumping into my story here, I just like, I feel like Ooh, I'm getting nervous. ready to blow your mind because it's super duper local. Ooh. As in, I... inside our county local. Okay, I feel like I, oh, Wood County? Yeah. Okay, Ooh, okay. So, so first of all, I need to ask you a question. One, did you know that there is a Wood County Museum? I did not. So you've never been there, I'm assuming. No, either. no, I had no idea. Okay, if I say the names Carl and Mary Bach, does that mean anything to you? Carl and Mary Bach? Yeah. That means nothing to me. Like Bach the composer? Nothing. Okay, well. Not ringing any bells. Gonna blow your mind then. <laughs> so, oh shit, well, I'm so excited. Firstly, this is not only a story, but it's going on our roadmap because mm-hmm. it's super close. We can go visit it. And I I don't know if we'd have to get special permission to do like a paranormal investigation. If we wanted to do that, we probably would have to get special permission. But we can at least go to the museum and look at the exhibits. So I'm going to tell you a little bit first about the Wood County Museum. And then I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you about the Wood County Museum. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. So... My sources that I used for this were Wikipedia, Atlas Obscura, which this is how I found out about this place. And what happened here is from Atlas Obscura because I was looking at weird things in Ohio that we could go look at. Amazing. And then I also have an article from bgindependentmedia.org and bgfalconmedia.com. Love it. So Love it. BG, you know, means Bowling Green. Yep. Bowling Green Falcon is- must be some kind of a, a like a university uh i don't know yeah I Pro- yeah probably so the wood county museum is in bowling green which i remember you used to work in bowling green didn't you? i did because i remember one time when i came to visit like i dropped you off at work and then i like yes. wandered around downtown bowling green by That's myself you went to ben franklin's yeah is that what it's called yeah <laughs> i remember <laughs> it was yeah, a diner yeah, yeah. it was a diner i went to this diner and ate by myself oh shit but yeah so so the Wood County Museum is actually the original site of the Wood County Infirmary, also known as the Wood County Home or Poor Farm, hmm. which you know about these, like I, we've talked about yeah. these as some, uh, whatever, one of the asylums that I covered used to be a poor farm. Mm-hmm. So this structure was home to poor, mentally ill, physically disabled, and anyone in need of public assistance who were residents of Wood County. And the main infirmary building was built in 1868, so it goes back quite a ways. At the time, regulations from the state of Ohio prescribed a minimum standard of living for the construction. So this is included, like, a minimum square footage per person. They had to have healthy food, clean laundry, and all this other stuff. So the infirmary opened in 1869, where it also operated as a poor farm, and... 
as with many poor farms, they were self-sufficient, so they had, like, ways to grow their own food, and the people who lived there, like, worked the land and all that. And the presence of an infirmary in Bowling Green was the contributing factor that helped it gain the status as the county seat of Wood County instead of Perrysburg. Interesting. Which, as... I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I just felt the need to mention it again. Oh, please do. Perrysburg is the Eagleton to our town's Pawnee. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about the dick. Oh, 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 uh, what is his name? Cur- what is his Commodore name? Perry. Commodore Perry. I was like, Colonel, that's not right. Commodore Perry. <laughs> so, yes, Perrysburg is named for Commodore Perry. There is a statue of him downtown. And I feel like you should take this story. You should take it away. Okay, so... It is fucking amazing. So there's a spot, and I can't even describe to you, like, we could, like, put up a picture, but it's just, like, he looks like it. He looks like he's that guy. He's got his hands, like, I think on his hips, and he's kind of, like, not thrusting out his, 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 uh, his lower quarters, but he's kind of got a stance to him. He's, he's 100% that bitch. He's 100% that bitch. And he's, like, just standing there, and he's kind of got his hands, his hands, like, on his, on his hips, and standing there all proud. And it's, like, this black kind of, like, a, not bronze, but, like, a dark statue in, in like, the center of Perrysburg. Well, um, a while ago, so some years ago, um, I assume teenage boys just because I helped raise some there. They they do shit like this. Somebody uh, glued a bl- big black dildo to <laughs> Commodore Perry's crotch. And uh... it was the fucking talk of the town, and it was hilarious i wish i had been here for that because like amazing we we, every time we go by the statue and we're in the car i always salute him and i go commodore and i just think (laughs) i just think it'd be so great if he still just had this black oh my gosh yes and it was just like amazing like whoever whoever did that like i gotta shake their hand dude like hilarious i think that deserves you know what that deserves a slow clap. It, it really does. It really does. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely hysterical. Yeah. So anyway, so there's that with Commodore Perry, and then also Perrysburg is the Eagleton to our pony. They are. Yeah, that is. They are. I mean, they have the nicer things. They're a little uh-huh. richer. I don't. I don't know I think that they're I've better than everyone else. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I don't know that I met many I mean, Perrysburgians. Perrysburg are very nice, but you know they've got a way about them. They got away about them. Anyway, <laughs> in 1885, so we already have the the poor farm here, but in 1885, a lunatic house was built on the grounds to house the mentally ill. Oh, that's not good. Hey, and, listen, I hate to interrupt, all right. but um, I had to. I googled Commodore Perry statue dildo, and the first thing that came up is 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 an article called, and it, the title is. Who put a penis on the Commodore Perry statue in Perrysburg? <laughs> oh, man. Um, you should send oh, it, me any and all of those articles that sound interesting. Or well, I can you just know Google what's hilarious myself. is I didn't realize this, but apparently they put it on <laughs> they put it on the statue during their Harrison Rally Days, which is like their like festival they have for their town every year that's like the biggest festival. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh. I love that so Okay, much. sorry. Continue. Okay. So a lot of the first residents that lived in the lunatic house had been moved from quarters in the waterlogged basement of a jail in Perrysburg. And these were some of the treatments that these people at the lunatic house, because, you know, it's 1885 and it's called the lunatic house, first of all. They don't know shit about shit. They don't know shit about shit. But this is what some of the treatments were that these people were prescribed. 
fresh air, um, laudanum with mercury, and oh, wow. alcohol added. Oh, so I looked up laudanum today because I didn't remember what that was. Do you know what laudanum is? Um, I thought it was a metal of some sort. No? It's opium. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's tincture of opium. Oh, and, well, that'll get you and, right. And today, do we know what is made from the opium plant? Right. Heroin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, oh, I thought shit. that's just a little fun fact there. And then also kind of other herbal remedies, which who knows what that was. So these were the kind of treatments going on. Thank God they didn't have Dr. What's-His-Face there. Walter Friedman, I think is his name, the guy who did lobotomies. But anyway. Right. Oh my gosh, right? Oh, that was later on. That's why. The Lunatic House actually uh, stopped its operations in the 30s when it was converted to a hospital and dormitories uh, for families who were suffering uh, through the Great Depression. So, I'm telling you right now, my story is not about a haunting, but reading the history of this museum is haunted Oh, haunted as, as, as hell. There's yeah, no question. it's haunted as fuck. By 1898, the East and Central Wings were condemned and then rebuilt. Um, they had, okay, also I didn't know about this, but oil wells built on the property as a result of the Ohio oil boom. There was an Ohio oil boom, apparently. Wasn't aware. Yeah, so that, those oil oh. wells were used for heating and lighting until 1904. And then, um, in the 20s, the director built a stone wall around the site. Then from 1935 onward it shifted operations to into more of like what would be considered a nursing home. Oh. So 103 years after it was built, the infirmary closed in 1971 when a new one, which is now known as Woodhaven Healthcare opened new by nearby. And in 1972, the Wood County Park Commission and Historical Society uh, took over and they opened the museum in 1975. And, um, that's basically it's been a museum ever since. So yeah. there's also, as as with many of these poor farms and lunatic houses, there's a pauper cemetery on the ground. Oh. And there are, from records, it's confirmed that at least 355 people were buried there. Oh, but, wow. But, <laughs> you know what they did? Which this is just like, it makes sense, but also like, you know, no respect for the dead. In God. order to make mowing the lawn easier, they removed all the headstones. Oh my gosh. So now we just don't know, like, you don't know where oh. the bodies are necessarily, and there's no identification, so you don't know who's buried there. People are the worst. Right? <laughs> they really are. And then, oh, to, to compound all of that, these buildings are all made on uh, high, rough-hewn limestone foundations, and which, you know, a lot of people in the paranormal community say that limestone is a good conductor for electromagnetic and psychic energy. So, yeah. So I think definitely. So we got all the makings. Yeah. So I just thought that all those were fun facts. That's not actually my story story. But one, the Wood County Museum is definitely haunted. And two, go we there. definitely need to go there. Did not even know it was a thing. Yeah. So anyway, but that's not, like I said, that's not the crux of my story. My story actually revolves around a particular exhibit at the museum. Ooh. And this exhibit includes, still to this day, but when it first opened, that was the main draw of it, which is kind of sad, and I'll get into that. But it includes um, three severed fingers preserved <laughs> in a formaldehyde 
what? Like in formaldehyde in a jar. Well, that's something to go. That's something to witness right there. <laughs> so those fingers belong to a lady by the name of Mary Buck. And t- today I'm going to tell you about the her kind of gruesome murder by her husband, <gasps> Carl. Oh, shit. Okay. So Mary was born in 1842 in Germany. And her, both she and her husband, Carl, were German immigrants to the U.S. So, however, they they, I don't think they came over from Germany at the same time. I think they both came over from Germany, met in Ohio, and then they married in Cleveland. And apparently they had been having problems for a while because in Cleveland, um, he was jailed for a month for hitting her. Oh. Yeah. So apparently don't hit your spouse. Right. So apparently they've been having, you know, domestic violence issues maybe from the get-go. We don't really know. All we know is that like he what he did a little jail time for abusing her. Um by the time they moved to a farm near Milton Center, which I don't really know where that is, but it's apparently Milton Center. Yeah, it's apparently in Wood County somewhere. Mm-hmm. In 1869, they had started a family. So by 1880, let's add kids to the mix. Right, let's add kids to the mix. This guy is hitting you, so let's let's have children. But you know, unfortunately, that happens all the time. I was going to say, and you know how things were back then, and honestly, it hasn't changed very much. But like, no, it has not at all. Uh, it it was like you couldn't, you wouldn't just like get divorced. You would just kind of put up with it because Mm -hmm. there weren't many options for women in general. So not at all, and especially a single woman. So you kind of had to stay married. So they said they decided to start a family, and by 1881, the box had three children, and one more on the way as Mary was pregnant again. Oh! By this time, she was 42. So I thought that was interesting that she oh, was pregnant Mary again. Oh, Mary Louise! Yeah, right. <laughs> so she was 42, and she was pregnant, and they were kind of going through some tough times. So they had this farm, and farming just wasn't turning out to be as lucrative as Carl had hoped. So at this point, he's had kind of year after year of bad crops. They're not making very much money, and he's just done with all of this. He's like, I don't want to be a farmer. I want to make more money. He told Mary he wanted to sell the farm and move out west. And she was like, no, we're not doing that. Our family's here. Everything is here. And so at that time... Ohio law actually required that both the husband and wife sign off on selling the property, which I thought was kind of progressive almost. Yeah. In a way. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> Ohio? Right. Progressive? <laughs> what? Anyway. Uh, so Mary, who was already overwhelmed with, you know, three mouths to feed, and she's got one more on the way, and she was like, if we sell the farm, Carl's going to take off without us. He's going to take the money and run, and he's going to leave us high and dry, you know? Which, Yeah. Which he probably would. I mean, I feel like her fears are probably valid. valid. And I just wrote that Carl was a real stand-up guy. <laughs> real class act. Real class act. Anyway, at this point, she's kind of out of options. And she's like, no, I'm not going to sign off on this sale. And so she went to Weston, which is another town, to try to divorce him. She was, <laughs> oh. she was done. And so it, I just think that's interesting because... In the 1880s, not a lot of people are getting divorced. So I was no, like... No, that's, that's, that's ballsy. Yeah. I was like, you go, Mary. But she was unsuccessful in doing this. I guess I was going to say, things didn't have... end well for her, so I guess... Right. No, things don't end well for her. But And this is probably part of the reason why. But she just... She wasn't able to get a divorce. But as 
you know, she she's trying to do what she can. And to me, this speaks to her independence, especially during a time where women didn't have a whole lot of freedom. So she stood up for herself and she kicked Carl out of the house. Oh, good said, for her. I don't like the way you're acting. I don't like what you're doing. And she said, you're not sleeping in the main house. So he moved into the barn. So she's like, oh, I don't care where, right. where you go. Just you, you're not sleeping. I'll have to go home. You just got to get the fuck out of here. Right. So he went to the barn. And he slept in the barn for the entire summer, which, as you can imagine, nice. it does get pretty hot during Ohio summers. Yeah, it does. So Carl's Carl's cranky. He's not happy about this. <laughs> and uh, in October, it starts getting colder, like like it's doing right now. And he's he's thinking to himself, I don't want to have to spend the winter in this barn. I'm going to be cold. I don't want to freeze to death. Blah, 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 whatever. And so he told his wife he wants to move back into the house and he wants to stop sleeping in the barn like one of the animals, you know. Right. And Mary's like, if your attitude doesn't change, you can't move back in. She's like, no. So, which one is, like, commendable. And I put (laughs) a bold move and one that would prove to be her last. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, in theory, like, I like this. this, I like like her attitude. I'm, like, I'm all about. that is his house, too. Right. Well, I'm all about standing up for yourself. But at the same time, it's, like, you already know that this guy has hit you before. He's got a violent streak. And you're kind of, like, I don't know. I I like that she's standing up for herself. But at the same time, I think she kind of underestimated him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so, too. Just from the the finger. Knowing that there's fingers involved (laughs) that are not on pants. Yeah. So on the evening of October 10th, 1881, which uh, this is actually coming up. So this is this is timely. Um, while a preg- remind you, she reminder that she's pregnant. Pregnant Mary was asleep in their bed, in the couple's bed. Oh shit, that's right. Carl is in the barn hating his life. So he looks around and he's <laughs> like, he's like, what am I going to do about this situation? And apparently he sees this long bladed corn knife that's in the barn i guess i don't know what corn knife means is it if it's used to harvest the corn or shucking i don't know either it's 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 a knife that's made for corn basically corn knives so he takes the this corn knife and he creeps inside the house and he decides that he's gonna attack mary while she's asleep oh buddy and so i don't know exactly what he starts doing but from the evidence, Mary fought back. Oh, there were right, that's bl- good. blood marks on the window that suggested she tried to escape, and then they also found the print of a bloody fingerless hand on a nearby shelf, which oh. was as like he'd already cut her fingers off at this point, I guess, and she was trying to hold herself up while he was a- attacking her, basically with this corn knife. So over the course of the evening, Carl severed three of Mary's fingers split open her elbow and scattered Ugh. pieces of her skull about the <gasps> bedroom. Oh, all shit. all in all when when he was done the coroner counted 41 gashes on her body. Ooh. And so I have the actual original article from the Perrysburg newspaper. Oh, cool. reporting on this. And so I'm going to read that verbatim because I just the way they used to report on things um is is a little amusing, but obviously this is not amusing. It's a terrible murder. So this is 
they printed this Friday. I'm just saying, you know, like the language. No, I know. I just thought about you texting me the one day saying, I'm doing a gruesome murder today. I'm doing a gruesome murder. Not me. I'm not doing it. Uh, So this is from Friday, October 14th, 1881. This is when they they printed the article. The title is A Most Brutal Murder. And then the subtitle is Karl Bach literally chops his wife to pieces with a corn cutter near Milton Center. Oh my gosh. So this is this is what it reads. About nine o'clock on Monday night last, Carl Bach, a Prussian, uh aged oh, about that's right. I don't even know like It's a thing we used to say, okay. Well, I didn't know that that was so these German, I'm like Prussia does doesn't exist anymore by this point. Anyway, that's neither here. I was nor just there. thinking more, why are we talking like what does his race have to do with anything? Well, yeah, but anyway, he's a Prussian apparently. Aged about 50 years, chopped his wife to pieces in a most brutal manner, using a common corn cutter for his fiendish purpose. The <gasps> oh, details... whoever wrote this, they, this was their first article. They were right. really excited. <laughs> the details, as written up for the Toledo Dailies, place this on record as one of the most fiendish and brutal murders ever committed in the Northwest. Bach resided in a little log cabin about 11 miles north of Milton Center, this county. This is where the murder was committed. It appears that from the blood on the bed and about the room that Bach attacked his wife after she had retired. There were marks of blood on the window showing that she had made an effort to escape from the demon by breaking out the sash. I don't know what that means. It's like a sash on the window, maybe. And near the door on one of a tier of shelves is the print of a bloody fingerless hand showing that she had clasped that to prevent herself from falling while being driven and beaten from one part of the room to the other. She finally sank exhausted near the door and was there hacked and beaten as long as there was any indications of remaining life. This is like, this is like editorializing to a a degree I have not seen before. (laughs) It's like Wait, is this really one is this like, one the the um the one from the uh this the, is the, the Falcon? No, this is from the Perrysburg oh, newspaper printed in 1881. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so okay, I have one more paragraph to go. Just bear with me here. Bear, the, I'm bared. The fingers and thumb of the right hand were entirely severed and pieces of skull and blood-clotted hair half as large as a man's hand were scattered about the floor. Disgusting. You just like write this in the paper anyway. <laughs> The face was gashed and stained with blood, one elbow split open, and all 41 distinct gashes upon the head, limbs, and body were counted at the coroner's examination. Bach remained in the vicinity until about 4 o'clock on Tuesday morning when he told the children, three in number, two girls and a boy, to go to the neighbors, and he walked across the country to Bowling Green and gave himself up where he is now in jail, awaiting a hearing and the rope. (gasps) His... But this is interesting. His son, aged about 14 years, has also been arrested and locked up as being an accomplice of his father. Which I... That's the only thing I could find about that was in the original article, and I didn't see anything more. I think they probably eventually let him go. Because this is... This is the crazy part, is he's in there killing his wife uh, quite brutally. They're making a lot of noise because they're clanging all over the room. She's fighting back. So the children obviously were woken up by this. They're scared. Right, I'm sure. Yeah, they're scared. They hear a commotion. They come out of their rooms only to see their father, like, I don't know, bust his head out the door or something and be like, go back to bed. And it's like, at that point, uh, at that point, yeah, that's what you do. You go back to your room because who knows if he's yeah. coming for you next, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so I don't know what they thought was going on, but I, if that were me and I was a kid and my father pokes his head out of the room and he's bloody and he's like, go back to bed. I'm going back to bed because like, I don't want to. Right. I don't want to be next. I don't want to incur his wrath. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then in the early hours of the morning, he walked the children over to a neighbor's home, which I can't imagine, did he clean up before this? Is he still covered in his wife's blood? Like, what's happening here? Right. He walks the children over, and he's like, can you watch them for a while? And then he- <laughs> Like, for, I don't know, the next 25 to 30 right. years. And so then he, he goes straight to Bowling Green and turns himself in to the police. He's like, I killed my wife. And I, I mean, I guess that's I, nice at least. I just don't like he he obviously I feel I don't know. I don't even know what to make of this. It's like you didn't. She just made you mad. I don't I don't like I don't I don't understand. Like like the the response his response to feel, his wife being bitch is like not it's not a, right. that's not a normal reaction. The, the response is is very inappropriate. Yeah. To the to what made him mad? Yeah, no, yeah. I. There's just something wrong about it. I can't put my finger on it. I just, <laughs> you're a terrible person. <laughs> I know it just happened. <laughs> it just happened. But remember, I gave you as an option. I one of the themes is I said you could do fingers. <laughs> I forgot about that. That is hilarious, though. Um, I mean, you I said feel I like... could do fingers. I feel like it's not because it is, it's, ter- it's terrible that she died and it's, of course. it's gross, but like, yeah, no, he, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. And so he just, yeah, he killed his wife. He's, and then instead, I don't know, did he feel bad or he was just like, well, that's it. I did that. Guess I'm that's not going to happen. Right. I'm not getting away with it. Better go turn myself in. So after this. It kind of comes out. Neighbors said that he had talked for years about wanting to kill his wife. Oh. So this was not like, this was really just like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like, he's okay. she's made me angry for the last time. And he complained about sleeping in the barn and grumbled that Mary was not cooking for him, which like, boohoo, oh, learn to cook your own break. food. Yeah. Seriously. that that That's annoying. Yeah. So he, he... So he said his wife was lazy, and then other people were like, dude, she's seven months pregnant. Like, what the fuck do you Like, cut her a break, and she's a nice person. You're an asshole, basically. But yeah, so this is my other thing is, like, did he just think, not only do I hate her and want her dead, but, like, we're not, I don't want this other baby that she's got, because the baby obviously died, too. Right. I, that's, a, yeah, I guess I kind of forgot about that. that yeah, she was, she was, she was pregnant, and he, like, he just stabbed her to death. Like, I can't imagine, that's probably one of her top concerns at that moment, is, like, not only is she having what to fight monster. him off, but he's, you know, her baby, you know? Like, I just, oh. That almost to me is just like a snapped. I mean, I not I really because he, he said he no, wanted to kill. He said he wanted to kill her. Yeah, but I beforehand. think it was just like but... the final thing that made him snap, and he's like, "It's yeah, gonna be that's, tonight." That's I don't know. Brutal. It's it's crazy because a lot of the times, even if you have um, someone who has like a history of domestic violence like that, if there's if they know like the child is involved, they don't want to hurt right. the, the woman sometimes. So I don't know. But yeah, so that is insane. After he turned himself in, police searched the barn, and then that's where they found her. It says dismembered body here, so I don't know if he Ooh. like 
took her apart after that. I don't know what happened. But they found they found the three fingers and that was all the evidence that they needed to bring to the trial and not only did a jury convict him for his wife's murder, they sentenced him to death. They were like Which is, you know Which fair. is fair. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm anti death I mean, penalty. Yeah, same. But, but like you just turned yourself in, all right. Right, it's, but I feel like in this case it's fair and it was, you know, yeah. the eighteen hundreds. But it's true. Just, it's just like interesting because Another thing I read said that he thought that he they'd maybe put him in jail for life or something. He didn't expect to get the death penalty. And I'm oh, like, wow. dude, you you chopped your wife, your pregnant wife, and it's into 18s. pieces. Yeah. You might so, get away with not having to die the death penalty nowadays, but right, back, back then, then, come on. So this is interesting, too. Though the murder happened in 1881, it wasn't until 1883 that Carl Bach was actually hanged at the Wood oh, County really? Courthouse. And oh my gosh. his was the last of this uh, <gasps> type of execution held in Wood oh. County, Ohio. So it's the last execution by hanging in Wood County. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a couple big historic things in, in, in this story. And so, but because of the like overly macabre nature of this crime, his execution turned into somewhat of a spectacle like oh, yeah. they sold tickets for <gasps> his hanging and oh, an so estimated 10,000 spectators showed up. They had to call so the shitty. national guard in to keep the peace. Cause so many people wanted to see this motherfucker hang. That is you. You suck at life. If, if right. That many people want to see you get hung. Exactly. It's like hanged. you hung. hanged. I, the, yeah, I, it's I was, hanged. I was kidding. Oh, okay. Cause I said hung. Oh, I, w- I wasn't sure. If you were, well, also when I mean, you say, when you say hung, I think of something else. So, oh God, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking course you I'm do. I'm sorry. I have a dirty mind. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I think that, I just think that that's so crazy. They had to call the National Guard in because what? there were so many people there that wanted to see him die. And so now at the Wood County Museum, they have an exhibit there. So it includes the rope that was used to hang him. Uh, Mary's fingers in in a jar, news clippings, the head covering used at the hanging, oh, the murder weapon, his German Bible, and the tin cup he used in jail. Okay. So it yeah, so definitely, definitely, the museum after hours is haunted. Oh, a hundred percent. I want to go there. Yeah, and then in twenty twenty, they actually redid the exhibit and they opened it. They did a grand opening and everything because people had kind of felt that it was a little bit disrespectful before because people would just be like, "Yo, where are the fingers at?" And um, <laughs> I mean, not that exactly, but you know that that was the main draw is people, people wanted crack to see wise her. about the fingers. Well, they I wanted mean, to I see the fingers, and that. I'm just like, you know, this was a woman. She was pregnant. She had a she story. Had a life. Yeah, yeah. So they opened a new exhibit to tell their whole story. And then during the official ribbon cutting, Bethany Escador from the Bowling Green Chamber of Commerce talked about the changes over the last century. She said, quote, in Mary Bach's time, nobody talked about this kind of stuff. And I think by that she means like, you know, domestic violence. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people come to see her over the years, but, quote, it's just so much more than that. For so long, she was silent, but now she has a voice, end quote. Oh, that's nice. And that is the story of the murder of Mary Bach by her husband, Dude. Carl. 
That is a wild story. Isn't that crazy? And it's literally like we can hop in the car and be there in like 20 minutes. Oh, hell yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we definitely have to go for sure, for sure. Um, it is crazy, dude. And especially like, like where the where the fingers at? I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I was like, Yo, you the said they at? just come in and go where the fingers at. Well, I'm just saying that that was like a big draw before. Is that I don't? Because people so are fucking, fucking weird. Funny. Yeah, and they want to be like no when you have something that's gross and creepy like that. That's that's what people want to see. Oh hell yeah! Oh my gosh, Alana, that made me laugh. <laughs> Well, anyway, what do you where, got? Where the where the fingers at? Um, oh my gosh, too funny. Okay, yeah. So I got a cool story here for you. Um, it's very interesting, and it's um, I mean, I think I, I think I did Midwest. I gotta look here. Hold on. So are we? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna suspend reality and say for sure that um. Kentucky is in the Midwest. Well, Kentucky is right underneath Ohio. Like I think it straddles. It straddles the line of like. I think it does too. Yeah, Midwest. For for the sake of this story, we're gonna have to go with the the fact that it's the Midwest. Okay. Are we okay with this? Okay with that. You know what? Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Okay. So um, so this story is: Have you ever heard about Hopkinsville, Kentucky? No never heard of it all right you you might like once i get the story going you might like have recollection of it now like because this actually was like a really big story okay well by name i don't know okay um but but you know you you might not uh but anyway so either way so i'm gonna get the story here going so uh 1955 is when the story takes place and of course in 1947 is when roswell happened and i guess after that time things were kind of a little bit uh frenzied with the alien bits you know um people were like we had talked before like it was like nowadays people think you're crazy if you believe in aliens and i'm sure people did back then too but also some people like it was it was like a thing they reported on in the news you know it wasn't like a it wasn't like this i don't want to say anything because people think i'm crazy right and which we've talked about that before like how people like it just they used to report on alien sightings as if it were a fact like anything else in the newspaper yeah Exactly. So this was uh, in 1955, August 21st, uh, 1955. So the southwest edge of the state. Hopkinsville is um, is the city. And then a little bit outside of the city, there's a place called Kelly, which is uh, uh, kind of like incorporated into Hopkinsville. And this is where the story takes place. So this guy, Billy Ray Taylor, um, he, him and his wife were visiting friends uh, in, in Kelly. And uh, their, their friends were the Suttons. And they were out kind of in the boonies. Um, it was like eight miles away from Hopkinsville. And uh, they were there for Billy Ray, I guess. Billy Ray had grew up in uh, Hopkinsville area. So they were back to visit uh, and they were staying with the Suttons. So they realized that the they were out of water or needed water. So Billy Ray decides he's going to go get this water. And so he, he says that um, he's standing out there trying to get the water. And he sees something coming from the sky. And he claimed it looked almost like a disc-shaped object, uh, rainbow color flame coming out of the back. What? Uh, he said it disappeared behind some trees about a half a mile away. And he said uh, there was a dull thud, and he like knew whatever that was, it had crashed. Okay. 
So, and I actually, like about an hour, like later on, police officers in the, um, in the town there in, um, Hopkinsville did report that, uh, they did hear, uh, something loud and they did see some orbs in the sky that did match, uh, the coloring of what they saw of what, of what Billy Ray saw, Mm. but they just kind of like ignored it, I guess, or didn't think it was that big of a deal. So of course, um, so of course he goes back inside and his family's talking and chilling with the Suttons and he's telling them about this thing. And I, I guess like, so Billy Ray, I guess was kind of like somebody who maybe over exaggerated a little bit mm-hmm. and like maybe went a little bit crazy when he told his stories. So at first they were just like giving him a hard time, you know, and they're like, okay, yeah, whatever, laughing at him. And of course, so he's getting more irritated because no one believes him. And so his family just goes back to hanging out and talking and everything like that. And like I said, like, they're kind of just like, okay, whatever, like laughing at him and stuff. So then they, uh, the dog starts barking outside. And so the dog is just going absolutely wild, which like you and I know dogs like can go wild for anything because Lord help me, we have ones that do, but the, they, there's a bark that, you know, somebody's there, you know? So eventually the, the dog start barking so much, uh, the dog starts barking so much that Billy Ray, uh, goes out to try to find out what's going on. And, um, the dog then when when they when Billy Ray goes out to look starts freaking out and like whimpering and puts its tail between its legs and go and hides under the 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 house mm-hmm. I know it makes me sad um and so anyway so that's weird because like yeah normally you know the dogs are like like they're they're trying to protect their house not run right. and hide um so his his friend that he came to visit um and one of the like one of the Sutton guys his name is, uh, I can't remember his first name, but they called him Lucky. So Lucky goes out and wants to find out what's going on. He's so and lucky. He's, he's a, a star. star. He's a sudden buddy. <laughs> cry, cry, cry. Oh, Sorry, I had to. No, you had to. I get it. Uh, so anyway, he grabs a gun, goes outside to find out what's going on, and then this is what he describes. And this is what, for whatever it is, whatever this story is, is happened here. One thing to be said is that this entire group of people, there's 11 people in the house total, and they all stick with their story forever. They've stuck with their story. All right. Three or four feet tall, pointy ears, yellow to, or greenish skin that seems to glow, long arms that had claws that at the end of the arms, but they were almost like the claw, the arms were so long, the claws were almost down to their ankles. What? Massive round eyes on the side of these monsters, or whatever you want to call them, and they they the uh, the eyes never blinked. They also described them as floating slightly above the ground, slightly above the ground. I mean, so uh, of course you know whatever this is, these things start racing towards their house. So they uh, so uh, Lucky's already out there with a gun. I don't know for sure if he had grabbed a gun for. Uh, Billy Ray or if Billy Ray ran in, grabbed the other rifle. They start shooting at these damn things. And they said that they hit the things, but they, um, it would knock them down. Whatever they hit would knock them down. But then it, they were able to like get right back up. It didn't penetrate their, their skin. And they said that when they shot at it and it hit it, it almost sounded like a metallic sound. What? So, yeah. So, uh, they they said that there was, like, a metallic sound when they shot. And so, anyway, the things that they shot got back up after they shot at them. 
Because it did knock them over, but it didn't, like, penetrate their skin. And they ran back into the woods. Because you got to remember, I mean, this is, like, really rural Kentucky, like, you know, in the boondocks, if you will. I'm almost like, well, if you hadn't said that there was a sighting of a thing in the sky, I'd be thinking this is some kind of cryptid. Well, we'll get there. All right. So they run back to the house. And, of course, the dog is still under the porch, whimpering, freaking out. So, of course, they can, like, barely catch their breath and da-da-da-da-da. So, finally, when they finally get in the house and calm down a little bit, they can, um, they explain to the family what's going on. So, at first, the family is kind of, like, thinks they're both in on it now, you know, and they're both just kind of fucking with them. Right. Until they look out, the the family looks out the window and they see another one of the creatures standing outside. Oh, my God. So, now, at this point, they're like, fuck it. They start opening fire in the actual house. And just start shooting out the windows. Oh my so gosh. they actually hit another one of the creatures. But once again, the bullet like doesn't penetrate the skin. So once it hit it, it falls, falls over, rolls around or whatever, and gets up and runs away. So they're like bulletproof. Essentially. And they said that it's making some metallic sound. Almost like tin can, like coins when you would rattle them in a tin can is what they described it as. That's so weird. Yeah. So anyway, so they shot or whatever, and they said that for whatever reason, and they didn't say, but for whatever reason, they could tell that apparently the first uh, little goblin, gremlin, whatever the hell thing it is, they shot when they were outside is different. Like it was a different one that they shot the second time. <gasps> so they don't know how many of the fuck of how many of these things there are. Um. So anyway, so they didn't know what to do. So they go back in the house and they're trying to regroup. Um. And so Billy and uh, Billy Ray and Lucky decide again that they're going to, like, go out and try to, like, find out what's going on. So they walk outside. Apparently one of them is on the roof and reaches out and tries to grab Billy Ray by his hair. What? That's a no for me, dog. That's a no right? for me. Um, so this time, I guess they were up close and they said that it was like, um, and they said that it was like, uh, they were, like, screeching and that's how they were communicating. And they, uh, that's how again, I like to communicate. Was, Right? I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so they keep shooting, whatever, and they are essentially, like, under attack, okay? So, and I have in my notes, at this point, all I can think about is this poor dog. I hope the dog's okay. Oh, me too. Um, so they, I like to think they brought the dog in. That's what I'm going to say, because yeah, they don't mention the dog again. So they said they eventually ran out of ammo, which if you, I know you know as well as I do, if you're living out in the boonies like that and you've got firearms, you've got a shit ton of ammo. Yeah. So if you run out of ammo... Holy shit, you've probably been shooting at these damn things forever. They said that there was at least a dozen of them. Uh, So they finally decide, like, we're out of ammo. What the hell do we do? So they decide they're going to make a run for it and get into their cars and drive into town, into Hopkinsville. All right. So they did that. Uh, they made the, they made their way to the to the car. And I think they made the it into town. getting in the car and getting the fuck out of there would have been my first. A hundred percent. Instinct Especially not to shoot at these a things. a bunch of them. Not just, like, one. It's, like, a shit ton of them. Right. So, uh, they finally make their way to town. Now, by this time, it's, like, early morning, you know, probably, like, 2 a.m. And the police officer, uh, Russell Greenwell is his name, they take the information. Of course, the family's freaking out and losing their minds. And he's, like, calming, trying to calm them down, like, one at a time, tell us what happens. So, there's a couple other police officers in the area that said that they did hear gunfire coming from the Sutton place. Uh, and everything when they were patrolling, but they just thought they were, like, letting off firecrackers or shooting around. I mean, you, as, as well as I know, know people in the country, they shoot whenever they want. Yeah. Um, Especially if they have, like, you know, they make backstops and stuff. Like, that's how they how they do. Right. So, one of the uh, state troopers, and I don't know his name, but he decided to go check out the, the land because he was, like, a big skeptic. But he was like, oh, I just kind of want to see what's going on. 
So he gets over there. Now, mind you, it's still early morning, probably 3 a.m. He gets over there, and there's already military police there. What? Yeah, this part just, like, it was said so offhandedly in, like, three different things that I saw. And I was just like, how is this offhanded? Because to me, if the military police is already there, and you barely have just told the regular police. Yeah, they already knew about something. Yeah, they knew something was going on, and they got there because they wanted to see it. Exactly. So he said that the military police was already on the ground with You know the military is never there by mistake. Exactly. And one of the military officers had this big-ass machine gun. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, anyway, he sees that the window shot out in the house and everything. So, it's clear that, uh, that they, they, I guess that nobody really was denying that something happened. Uh, they, they all said, like, yeah, okay, there was something going on. Um, the guests experienced something. They don't know what it was, but there was, you know, the gun, the house was shot out. The window was shot out. There were gun casings everywhere. But what's weird, or shell casings everywhere, what's weird is that there was no, um, there were no carcasses of anything extraterrestrial animal nothing so whatever they hit either got far enough away or really didn't be it was not penetrated by any type of bullet or anything so all of a sudden the police are out there they hear the screeching noise coming from the woods and they're like well i don't know what the hell it is but they start running back to the house the guy the machine gun guy starts opening fire and they claim that they opened fire and then they after they didn't hear the screeching they went to look to see if they hit anything and they said they couldn't find anything hmm. so the next day the family is interviewed by the press of course you know they tell their story by the next day it's all over the news so um they couldn't find anything they couldn't find tracks and um so as they start telling their story to people and the news starts covering it a lot of people are going oh they're fucking drunk you know right um they they're they're just they were trashed and yada 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 but what's interesting is the police reported there was no alcohol found on site, no bottles or anything. And Glennie Sutton, who was like the grandma, the matriarch of the family, it was her house. Mm-hmm. She commented that because somebody was, I think, said like, oh, you guys had too much to drink. And she said that it was not liquor and booze was not even allowed in her property. Uh, a Mary Louise, if you will. Um, right. So I'm like, OK, so it's not necessarily like they were on drugs or, you know, doped up or anything like that. And this entire time, even years and years and years past, their story always remained the same. Um, so the Taylors and the Suttons get back to the house eventually, you know, and things called down. Well, then that night, uh, the, the, the woman, Glennie, the grandma or the matriarch of the family, she, they, she wakes the house up. She's screaming, losing her mind, whatever. There was another one of these motherfuckers at the window. Oh, no. So it's like they had like they ran away and then they like came back when they thought it was safe. Um, so apparently they I don't know if they they just scared it away somehow, shot at it, whatever, and they couldn't find it, and that was the end of that. So apparently people are gonna start coming all from all over, okay, farm everything, trying to, uh, you know, come check out the place. So when they first started doing this, they actually did um start, uh making money off it and so some people are like oh they're making money they're making money but they were charging like 50 cents for and i know this is the, the 50 1955 but they were like charging 50 cents for people to come onto the property and they kind of were like yeah we're trying like they didn't like deny it they were like yeah we're trying to make some money off this because like our house is damaged right and also we're like trying to stop like tons and tons of people from coming and see like only letting the people who are serious come so they did admit that. So a lot of people think, you know, still that Billy Ray gave his little story and embellished the hell out of this. 
But to me, it's hard to believe that 11 people would be able to keep their story straight for that long and not, like, mess up or whatever. So I have a hard time believing it's a hoax. Um, but a lot of people, and I'm gonna tell you what. Also, like if it was a, if it was a, was a complete hoax, then how did their place get damaged? Exactly, and two, um, the, the to me, it's it's all about the military police. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine, like the military police probably found out with whatever technology that they had that there was a, um, that there was a a, a downed UFO, like a, yeah. a like a UFO fell. They went to go find out what it was, and then this is what happened. Also, interesting enough, I know you said you haven't seen it, and I didn't watch all of it, but remember Project Blue Book, the show that was, um, it's on, uh, I think it was on AMC. Yeah, so I remember that it, like, I know that it's a show, and I know that it was a real thing. Well, this is, yeah, this was actually one of the cases they, they checked out. Ooh. Yeah, and so this is what's interesting. So, you know me, I love a good story, and I love a, I love a story that you're like, that's got to be aliens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the proof is there. Some people think that what they saw that night was an, a species of owl called the great horned owl. Now, I now, have to admit. Now that you're saying this, I feel like I have heard of this story before. Yeah, you probably because have. Because I remember them saying it was that it was an owl. How big do these owls get? Okay, so the, that's one thing that's like, no, that's that's like a a not like that's like a no that's a non-starter for you that's a non-starter for me if you will um yeah that that's a no well this to me is like they don't get that big okay so they don't get three to four feet big because i was gonna say i've never seen an owl that big but also this picture yeah okay that's the great no no get the fuck out of here okay but also this is like people saying that mothman is a sandhill crane yeah i would put that in the same box you're talking about people. I'm sorry. I love the city. I'm not a big outdoorsy person. I love me the country folk. And the country folk know what's up. And they know what shit is. And they yeah, they're going to know shit. what a fucking owl looks so like. So they know what it is. So it's not like, now I will say in the defense of this uh, this theory, the great horned owl can be very aggressive and are known to protect their young. And they can, they will attack humans. They give zero fucks. You yeah, heard it they, here first. They don't get that big. Great horned owls give zero fucks. So I get it. Okay, they're saying the ears and the claws down by their ankles. Okay, I get that. But that they're, these things do not get that big. Now, I will say, too, now I'm going to really lay it on you here. Some people pose that it's the harpy eagle. Have you heard of the harpy okay, eagle? Okay, I think I have. That I thing think, is scary as hell. I'm do you have a picture? You. Okay, I was going to oh, say. Oh, hell yeah, I got a picture. Listen, if you are listening to this and you do not know what the harpy eagle looks like, I would encourage you to go look it up right now because you're never going to sleep again. Um, this is what this motherfucker looks like. Oh my gosh. And they've, they're massive. They yes, can be the size okay. of humans. Now listen, I would believe that it could be that. They're they're huge. They're freaking massive. creepy looking. They look they're like they me stepped chills out of... They look like they stepped out of Lord of the Rings or some shit. Seriously. They've got these things that look like they could be big ears, like pointy ears. Um... The only thing is these uh the Suttons and and, and uh Billy Ray were saying that these things had eyes on the side of their head. These things do not they're they're, they're very the predominantly yeah. things are in the eyes are in the middle. Um now they do get big, like they can be the size of humans. However, they can be the size of humans? Yeah, dude. I just I, that's not the picture I put in here. 
to show you, but they you can go look it up. There's like some one that they have that, that's like the if size. If I of saw me. that and it was the same size as me, I would shit my pants. Oh, I'd shit my pants. Oh, 100 percent This these things are insane. Well, and another thing though that makes it me go, eh, okay, that's not what it is, is uh that well, first off, once again, the military came out. Secondly, these do not live in the US. Where do they live? They apparently live in like the Amazon or some shit. All right, I'm never going there. Yeah, no, that wasn't before, but I'm definitely not now. I mean, I so I yeah, like that, I that said, thing I is think, scary. That's nightmare fuel. Yeah, I think that there. That's the thing. It's like I really can't. I can't believe for a second that that, that the, I like. Okay, between the great horned owl and the harpy eagle, I'm a harpy eagle would be what it would be. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. If you it, can't if mess you up. Ha- if it had to be one of those owl. things, it would be the harpy eagle. Yeah. But but it's like how that, many? How many? They're again? not aggressive like that. And they said there were like a dozen of them. Yeah, this is just, to me, it's so weird because listening to the story, it sounds like it's far-fetched or that they right. all took some acid and were having the same trip. Right. But, like, exactly. the fact and that the military too. police were there legitimizes it, you know? It does. Like, it, it says that they knew something was exactly. there. Exactly. And then you cannot tell me that there is not a... Um, like the, if you shot one of those things, it's gonna die. Like or not die, but it's gonna like it's gonna get hurt. It's gonna fall sure. over and it's not gonna be able to fly away, especially right. if you hit it in the wing. Right. So I just I can't imagine. So anyway, so there that's should the be story at least, of Hopkinsville. There should be at least one downed thing for you to look at if you shot that many rounds. Yes. At it, if you, you know shot that mean? many rounds, you would think something hit. Would you would have hit something? Also, I will say okay. So that's the Hopkinsville story, but I also want to add this little other little. Ec- Serped, if you will, or an aside, if you will. And this comes from an email that this guy Greg got. This guy Greg is like a paranormal guy, whatever. Um, and he got this email in um, 2012. Okay. And this is what the email said. It said, Hello, my name is Dr. Dave Christie. I received your contact, contact information through a mutual acquaintance who assures me you're well-equipped to, to investigate partic- peculiar problems. Furthermore, I believe you uh, have interest in these events and maybe, you know, you can help me out essentially. So this is what he says. He says, for the past six months, I've been living in a rural home located on the border of West Virginia and Kentucky. Okay, so let me just say right there, I looked up where this place is that he talks about versus Hopkinsville. It's not close. I mean, it's like six hours away from each other, but same same state. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he says, uh, where my family is nightly assaulted by creatures that I have come to believe are of extraterrestrial origin. They, uh, these beings appear to be the size or a statue of a small stature of a small child, devoid of any facial features, save for large eyes and lipless mouths. They frighten my children by peering through their bedroom windows, oh chirping at one, chirping <sighs> at one another. They actively attempt to enter my home in the middle of the night. Last month, they took my dog. <gasps> the police refuse to provide any further assistance, and they say it's a wild animal. Um, he said, now this is shit. This is wild. He says, I believe they're coming from an abandoned mine located on the edge of my property. Oh, my gosh. Though I am armed, I'm afraid to uh, that I'm too frightened to enter the mine. Okay? So he says, um, so that he says all that shit. Okay? So then this well, right guy. Well, do you think it's the same group of- Well. Things? I don't know. I don't know. Because, because this like, guy... if they escaped from <gasps> Hopkinsville, 
and the military police couldn't find them. They went on the lam and found this abandoned mine, and they're like, this looks like a good yes. place to hold up until I... we can signal our people to get back here. It's like yes. Resident Alien. There are things yes. crashed, and they can't fix it. And so they're yes. like, they signaled to their buddies to come get them, and they're then, then they were just on the lam. Exactly. So this, um, so Greg responds. He didn't expect to hear anything. And then, but Greg responds to this guy's email. And sure enough, the guy emails him right back. I appreciate you keeping an open mind, my situation, you know, about the situation. I'll let you know what's going on. So he says he lives in um, Hellier, Kentucky, which, like I said, is about six hours from Hopkinsville. So he said it started with simple tracks in the snow he couldn't identify. He said he looked almost human, like in the bottom. It was like a heel type thing, but there were only three toes. Uh, he said, so then he said they he couldn't keep his dog outside anymore because it would, like, go ballistic. So then he wakes up, uh, he would wake up in the morning to the shed. His shed would be open. There would be missing toys. And the yard would be, like, in disarray. So he calls the police. Police are like, hey, I can't really do anything. Like, there's no, you're not in danger. Like, you can't prove there's a threat. And um, no one's taking anything of value. So this is what he says. He says, the second week, so then this is the guy that's sending these emails to Greg. He says, the second week of January, I'm having breakfast with my family. When my five-year-old daughter begins talking about, in quotations, ki- the kids without hair. The kids yeah. without hair. Yeah. She says that she talks about how they were playing in the yard the night before. I asked my daughter what they looked like. She told me they were bald like grandpa and weren't wearing any clothes. Okay, but did they have pointy ears? She did not say. Because if they didn't have the pointy ears, then it's maybe right. not the same thing. So or, she didn't say. She didn't or say. they just, like, they can shapeshift in the ears. Well, somebody, somebody that I was, like, looking into had said... They were thinking that maybe uh, that when they saw there was something on um, that when the Suttons and Billy Ray were saying there were ears, that maybe that was actually some type of a helmet. Oh. I mean, who knows? But anyway, no, so he bought. Sense. That could be a thing. Yeah. He bought uh, <gasps> motion activated floodlights. Bullets bounced off is because they were yep, still that's wearing what, their that, armor. Yep. Yep, that is what somebody else said too. They were like, "That's maybe why the clinking sound that it was making, and why yeah. they didn't get, the, why it didn't penetrate." Because they were wearing their spacesuits and helmets, and yeah. it was like it's bulletproof. Yeah. So he uh, they he bought some floodlights, motion activated, and it seemed like for about a month nothing happened. Then February came, so he woke up. The, his daughter woke him up in the middle of the night, screaming, screaming, screaming. Finally, they get her to calm down. She said that the kids, because that's what she referred to them as, were trying to get in her window, and they couldn't reach her window, but they kept tapping on it with their claws. <gasps> yeah. I don't like so that. So he said, when we found the ground disturbed under my daughter's bedroom window, the officer informed me, matter-of-factly, that we were dealing with an animal, and I should contact the game commission. Stop wasting their time. <laughs> so he said, the sh- so now the shit's popping off. You know, screens are ripped. Okay, well, like, on the window. fish and wildlife's going to come out, and they're going to run into those things and be like, nope. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> Call them in a black. Um, exactly. So they, so the, all this stuff is going. Their stuff moved outside. So he says, and now in this email on Wednesday, the seventh of March, I finally witnessed the kids without hair for myself. I noticed the the motion floodlight went on. He checked the shed doors; they were still closed. But he realized he saw a shadow of an individual across his lawn. From the angle I was positioned, I could not see exactly the source of the shadow on the floodlight. The dog was paced in circles around the back door, and I could hear someone rifling through a box on the porch. Oh, my gosh. Filled with more anger than common sense, the only reaction I could muster is to bang loudly on the window and yell, which at point, at what point I heard the uh, screen door on the porch swing open and slam shut against the house. Then I realized that it was two people on the property, and the shadow had been, like, covering up one of the persons. Oh. Standing just above the flower bed, there was this small humanoid figure 
pale skin, completely hairless, standing roughly hairless, standing roughly four foot tall. Devoid of features, except for large round eyes. No, thank you. Yeah, no nose to speak of and only a small slit for a mouth. They were uh, screeching and chirping as a form of communication. Don't like it. Yeah, so apparently, um, which is heartbreaking, is that um, he said that there were at least five of them in the group. They hopped off into the woods, and uh, his dog was missing after that. Like, I don't know about if that was that same day or whatever, you know. But this is crazy. So he says he's gone looking for them during the daytime hours. And he says he finds he found some of his missing belongings scattered at the entrance of an abandoned mine shaft. Oh, my gosh. That's so creepy. Seriously. You know what I'm thinking of right now? Which, I mean, these I, these, these things are maybe not as intelligent. But I'm thinking of some wrong turn type shit. I've never seen that. But I was thinking about um, signs. Oh, you should watch it. Before. I, um, you know, I don't like scary movies. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> So he, like, kind of is, like, I don't really want to tell anyone else about this because I don't want my reputation to get muddled, whatever. So anyway, it's kind of weird. They, they're, like, the kind of thing drops off, and then he gets a couple cryptic email, uh, emails again. But this is after Greg had kind of, like, gone on his social media and talked about this email back and forth with, with uh, the doctor. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of thinking maybe this cryptic email is from actually from someone else just fucking with him. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea what happened to the Dr. Dave Christie. We don't know if he's still alive. We don't know if he got eaten by these things. All we know is, is that if, his last you know, email, the government disappeared him or something. Or if the government disappeared him. And all I know is that he was actually trying to get this Greg guy to come out and help him, like, seal off the mine. Oh, my gosh. That's so that is the story of Hopkinsville so slash here. Dr. David Christie slash Kentucky's fucked up. I have no other, I have no other theories or anything for you except for, well, okay. Firstly, I just have to say that every time I drive down to Florida, I have to drive through Kentucky and now I'm going to well, be thinking about now. that. <laughs> good luck but, now because you're fucked. But two, if an alien ever hurt my dog, I Seriously. don't care what I have to do. I will, I will I will Seriously. break into Area 51 and find something that can kill that motherfucker and kill Seriously, it. Seriously, like, you cannot, you don't fuck with the dogs. Like, that is not cool. Like, so especially like to- if you had been observing the human race in any capacity for any length of time, you would know that dogs are, like, the only good thing about this planet. Seriously. And you would not, and you the would not, you would not hurt them. <laughs> I like to think that they took the dog and the dog is, like, their friend now. Yes, and the, that they can speak to animals. That's in my mind the that, story I made up is, so that I could sleep tonight. Right, that's the ending that I much prefer. Is that they were like, well, we need a companion, so we need yeah, someone like, to tell oh, us. These dogs must be where. No, better yet, are, so like we're take we're gonna take the dog. They better yet, they have been observing humans, and they realize how much we love dogs, and they think dogs are royalty. Yeah, and so they take the dogs to make them like like the boss. Okay, but also how fun of a children's book would that be of like all the missing dogs but they're like they're in, they're with the aliens now that is amazing <laughs> i'm yeah you need to write that that's like that's amazing um but yeah so that's the story of hopkinsville and i um i really don't know what i think at first i mean like to me i could think okay the harpy eagle everything fits there for me except for the military uh coming on the scene and then also that yeah the and country. here's the thing in the country and i mean they're stupid who else saw the military police being there because if it's just this family that says oh yeah and then the military was there 
if there's not any way to verify that, then it could just well, be a story, no. you know? The uh, the police officer is the one that the mil- said the military oh, okay. police was yeah, there. No, he so, got there, the military was there. So then that's definitely, that's the yeah. only thing in, in it for me that keeps me from thinking, oh yeah, it's a straight up hoax. Yeah, it's a, or it's a you case just of mistaken identity. Yeah. yeah, because like, why would the military be there then? You know, yeah. you know what I mean. And also, too, it is important to note that um, apparently, and I didn't find, I didn't look for anything, so it's not that I couldn't find it. I just didn't look. There are people in Kentucky that still claim to see these things all the time. Oh, okay. Like it's a thing, apparently. Um, but I didn't know that. Like I didn't know it was a thing until Man. like I was almost done looking. That's not that so, far. That's not that far <laughs> from here. Yeah, I know. So anyway, well, we don't live out in the boonies, thank goodness. Uh, but anyway, the boonies, yeah, but we get like we get fucking coyotes. deer and coyotes and bunnies and shit in our yard all the well, time. I hope we don't get goblins. I don't want any goblins, of those. Those aliens better stay I will stay fuck the a fuck goblin away. up. I will fuck. I will punch a goblin in the head if it comes from I our will. dogs. I will too. Um, I'll go out anyway, there. So yeah, with the rifle, I don't know how to use and shoot at it. <laughs> I'll go out there with a the rifle and then drop it. And then drop it and accidentally shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> Shit. But anyway, so that's the story. Yeah, that's with crazy. what you will. That's crazy, know, right? Both some crazy Shit. stories today. I know. So if you live in Kentucky, if you live in Ohio or Kentucky, and you have any crazy shit that you want to talk about, send right. us an email. Please tell us. Yes. And where should they send an email, Ian? Um, they're gonna want to send that email to boozeandghoulspod at gmail dot com. That's booze a n d ghouls pod at gmail.com. That's right. You can find us on Twitter at booze and ghouls or TikTok and Instagram at booze and ghouls pod. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Um, please definitely review us, etc. etc. Um, I guess until next time. Stay boozy, friends.